Wonders in the Fourth Dimension, and welcome to the Great Show in the Galaxy. I am Emma. He is Mike, and let's have a chat about Knock Knock. Hmm. Um. Okay, so I've got to be honest right out of the gate. Right. There are some like really good bits in this, but overall, I don't know. I just I'm kind of not feeling this one somehow. Oh really? Okay. So all right, you've thrown it out there. Let's let's have it. <laughs> I, I, but you know what it is? I I don't. I can't quite put my finger on it. I just, I think it's just like a, a gut feeling I have. It just, I don't know. It just didn't quite click for me. I mean, obviously we'll be talking about David Suchet. Yes. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's it really just didn't, hard. didn't quite grab you. Yeah, no. No. I mean, like I say, definitely good bits. But on the whole, I mean, it was enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. Um but at the end, I was just like, I felt, well, oh, that was an episode. Okay. All mm. right. Um, okay. So let's let's rewind a little bit and mm. and go back to the beginning. So here we are, Bill finally moving out of a very strange flat arrangement with this person who we don't know any more about. I mean, I really was thinking she might turn up. I was thinking you know, that. Yeah. At least have a comment about it, but apparently not. No. Um, Okay, fair enough. I'm not entirely sure she would care, to be perfectly honest. No, but you would think she would have a have a comment on it. Yeah, like for positive or negative, anyway. If, yeah, I was going to say, I was sort of moaning about, you know, her for the rent isn't coming in anymore. Hmm. Um, so anyway, it turns out that the Doctor is being unnaturally helpful and kind <laughs> and uh, giving Bill, uh, acting as Bill's uh, new delivery or the removal service. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I did enjoy, though. <laughs> well, I was going to say how uh, how unusual for him to do something so benevolent. Um... <laughs> I know, especially when you like think like his previous incarnation uh, had a good grouse at Clara for like want to cook a turkey or you know just learn to use the eye player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this, I mean, she's obviously caught, caught a scar. I think Bill's exploiting a bit of a not exploiting. That's the wrong word. Mm. But I think the Doctor's soft spot for Bill is. Uh, quite large and um yeah. yeah obviously must be because you know there are some people i've known for years i want to help them move but there you go so because <laughs> <laughs> moving is the worst mm-hmm. um so obviously so and i mean um there was some very interesting little bits in that little tiny bit in the tardis wasn't there mm. yeah he brings up regeneration and then he very quickly brushes it off yeah which i think we'll, we shall come back to later i mm-hmm. feel um, but uh, it seems to be a case of the Doctor will give uh, Bill a little bit of backstory every day and uh, then there are questions and then the Doctor just says, oh, that's enough for today. Yeah. Um, so I feel like one, there's some sort of quid pro quo going on here. Maybe we haven't quite uh, seen all of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Bill and her collection of student layabouts have decided to move into the creepiest house in Christendom. Yeah. Um, bit Gabriel Chase, too, wasn't it? Oh, it was very Gabriel Chase. Mm. It, I mean, it was. Uh, it it did very much remind me of that house, especially because it's got sort of the big tower on the top, and yeah. it's quite, you know, quite big and imposing. And uh, yeah, mm. it certainly stands uh, stands out like a sore thumb in the middle of suburbia, wherever yeah. they are uh, in Bristol. <laughs> um, and they are renting from maybe I would say probably the world's creepiest landlord in David Suchet. <laughs> um, and they happily sign the agreement without reading it, mm-hmm. which, tut-tut, children, 
This is not how we conduct our business. No. <laughs> and then, of course, complain. Yeah, I mean, the terms and conditions, yes, they are boring, but they have to be read, really. Especially if part of the terms and conditions is you will be devoured by alien woodlice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so what did you make of this mob of um, herberts that Bill's moving in with? Because I quite enjoy them. Um. Yeah, I mean, they were all right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't really have any complaints about any of them. They're not, none were, like, particularly, like, annoying. Um, I mean, like, um, Harry, uh, it was, like, supposed to be mentioned that he's the grandson of Harry Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, the fourth Doctor companion. And that bit got cut out. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think it really would have added anything. No, I can see why they decided to cut it out. I mean, mm-hmm. also there was some, there was some grumbling because Harry then mentions that his granddad, which would have been Harry Sullivan, has mm-hmm. got a boyfriend and got arrested for nicking a bit of the Great Wall of China, yeah. um, which um, caused a few grumbles. Even though they cut that bit, uh, they cut the Harry Sullivan bit out, ah, which right. I thought so, was a bit, you know, mm, I mean, a bit it, unnecessary. Yeah, I think although I suppose it makes it a bit more nebulous, so it could have been his like maternal grandfather, who of course, yeah. went and did that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was cut, so it doesn't matter. But I mean, the yeah. amount of people who are going chundering about it, I was thought, oh my goodness, please chill out. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Dear me. Anyway. Um. So as for the rest, like I said, they're just sort of all right, but they kind of sort of slot into the. The kind of like tropes. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether this was like done deliberately, um, but they're all kind of a bit tropey. So obviously, like the Asian girl's a bit like frightened of her own shadow, and there's the big burly Scottish guy who's you know flirting with Bill. And I, that was a good bit when she's sort of like, uh, although I don't know, I, I don't know what it is about Bill's characterization in this one. The the bit where she sort of like like basically tells him she's gay. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it's sort of like. In previous episodes, I don't know whether it's just like um, the writer who I think he's first time Doctor Who writer, isn't he? So I don't know whether he hasn't got quite a, a handle on Bill's character, but like in the previous episodes, when you know it's brought uh, Bill's sexuality is brought up, she's a lot more confident in it. So I don't know whether it's just she feels awkward about trying to let him down. Yeah, I think it was just sort of this awkwardness about the doctors there. So mm. that's all making things awkward. I mean, at that point in the story, it's just the thing of it's a creepy, creaky house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you've got that stuff of the doctor being there. And obviously, these are all new people. She wants to make an impression. You sort of get yeah. the impression that she only really knows Shireen mm-hmm. very well. And the rest of them that she sort of only really just met. So yeah. I think it's a case of, oh, this is a bit awkward. Better just get it out there soon as and sort of step on any kind of wrong impressions, especially as Shireen seems to fancy him. So yeah, get all that out of the way. Um, yeah, that's I think, fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think um, also you sort of, because Bill's obviously not 18 or 19 years old, mm-hmm. I think you sort of forget that, you know, they're meant to be freshers. So we're talking about they're just out of, they're basically most of them will be 18 or 19, mm-hmm. will be just out of secondary school. Yeah. So you still got that kind of awkward kind of, not quite a grown-up teenage sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think because Pearl Mackey doesn't come across as being that, as being much more mature than that and not really being that age, I think you have to kind of pro- sort of reprogram your brain a little bit because, mm. I mean, obviously this this idea of them being sort of 
kids still is all yeah. and you know this sort of awkwardness of being with new people and not living with someone who you know gets to shout at you and things like mm. that so <laughs> yeah i mean that, um, that's fair i just yeah when just when i was watching it it just seemed a bit sort of like not bill yeah but i mean like like you say that that's that's entirely fair so you know she's sort of like on the back foot a little bit yeah uh, I, I really situation. feel like you know yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's i fine. mean her, she sort of comes to her own comes back into her own later on mm-hmm. um but yeah you sort of I, I really did like Pearl Mackie sort of really got across this idea of that that sort of horrible school thing where your mum and dad mm-hmm. you have to kind of be say to mum and dad look <laughs> I have to go and be me now mm-hmm. you have you know you can't this is the talk I mean my mum and dad are always really good at this but this I'm still the person who's my dad still holds tries to hold my hand when we cross dangerous roads I'm 33 <laughs> so <laughs> um you know it's i think it's something that never goes away in a parent and i think that the doctor's really taken on that he he really sort of inhabits this parent space in this one Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if you could say it's because obviously he's got a lot of affection towards a young person who's extremely clever and in the past three episodes has really connected with the doctor yeah, but also I wonder if it's a bit because her mum died. So you presume when Bill was very young, mm-hmm. so he feels like he's got to step into that space for her. Hmm. That that's fair. I mean, after all, he did go back in time and take those pictures of her. So... Yeah, which is maybe why that he get you know Bill gets the rare privilege of uh, getting her stuff moved for her, which I think mm-hmm. I probably of quite a few companions would have liked. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that brings up a question about the ending. So. Okay, we're jumping ahead a bit, but obviously at the end, the house sort of, like, collapses in itself. Does that mean Bill's lost all the photos of her mum? Yeah, I wondered that, actually, because I've... um, Not on the first viewing, but the second viewing, me and Chuck um, uh, uh, watched it with the binaural, the 3D Mm -hmm. surround sound thing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the second time I was watching it, I thought, oh, God, I hope she hasn't lost all her stuff. Yeah. Because that house really collapsed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it'd be in the rubble somewhere. <laughs> it felt just like just sort of like folding in on itself, like at the end of Poltergeist, you know? Yeah, it really did, actually. This house is cleansed. <laughs> Go towards the lair, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk a little bit about the, the influences because, hmm. I mean, we've obviously talked about Gabriel Chase um, yeah. from Ghostlight, which is the most obvious visual reference. I mean, apart from things like poltergeist you also have the feet of pavel being stuck in the wall oh yeah that actually that was a that was a really good part like that was yeah that was that really was great creepy i mean but especially did it remind you so carry on oh, no, um, i was gonna say i mean it's really creepy because you can although it's like his eyes it's like uh sort of glazed over you can still the seat they're still moving he, c- yeah. he can't talk but he, he can still he's still reacting to the environment around him it's just like whoa yeah, that was maybe one of the creepiest... Well, I think it probably was the creepiest moment mm. of, of the whole episode. But didn't it remind you of the Cyberman from um, Earthshock? Shock, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this series of Doctor Who has very much been wearing its influences on its sleeve. And I wonder if it's sort of... it's. Um, I don't know if it's sort of going, yeah, we know that you know 
mm-hmm. about these things. So we're just going to put them straight on there and let you winkle out these little bits. Yeah. Because the conspiracy, not the conspiracy theorists, but the what person who wants to pick out all the little bits of this episode of these episodes has really been tickled lately. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you noticed, when they were looking through all the boxes in the basement, there was a David Bowie single in the 1977 boxes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Heroes. So mm-hmm. this is not the only David Bowie reference we have had so far. No. Um, in Smile, Doctor mm-hmm. says, I'm happy, hope you're happy too, which yeah. is one of the, yeah, from Ashes to Ashes. Mm-hmm. And as someone, I think it was on Whovian's Australian uh, show pointed out, yeah. one of the next lyrics in Ashes to Ashes is, need an axe to break the ice. Yeah. And we had thin ice on. And mm-hmm. of course, the next other line in that song is, I never done good things, I never done good things bad things i never did anything out of the blue oh <laughs> so the fact that they chose to put um heroes which is mm. the, i mean because I, I i was like i'm sure that's heroes because i was brought up by two extremely pretty hardcore david bowie fans mm. so um yeah seeing i was pretty sure it was heroes and it was a single it's the right year for it as well 77 mm-hmm. so they could have chosen anything else but they chose a bowie single yeah so you know, I, I don't want to say I'm reading into it, but I'm reading into it. Well, I mean, ser- <laughs> considering the Series 10 tagline, is, is it time for heroes? Yeah, yeah. there you go. Oh, well, you probably actually probably answered it before, <laughs> I start, before I start, you know, uh, when we watch Oxygen, going through all the lyrics of heroes and seeing mm. there's anything. <laughs> see what fits. Yeah, see what fits. Yeah, um, yeah. You never know, but you, like I say, the person who wants to wink all these things out, you know, the the person who got obsessed with uh, Fringe and Lost and all these sort of things mm. is uh, definitely is definitely tickling that little that little nerve at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I do want to say something about the binaural or the bin bin oral. I'm not sure you meant to say it. Um, broadcast of that. Um, yeah, binaural, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was quite effective. I do mm. recommend it for anyone who can get access to it um because it's it's obviously surround sound but also it does things it sounds close to you and far away yeah um so obviously when you have all the knocking yeah i mean it it's it's not particularly obviously before a grown-up it's not especially scary of an episode Mm -hmm. but when you hear something sort of behind you and to your right yeah it does sort of make that little lizard part of your brain "Ah!" Mm -hmm. and it's just purely instinctual so it does add a layer yeah it. yeah i think the banner will actually work really well um like you say especially the knocking scene i think that's why they that was the clip they picked to sort of like say hey this is what we're doing with the next episode because like you say i mean especially the bit when you get the knock ups coming from upstairs that's like yeah. that's like in the sort it's in the center top of you it's it's kind of like i don't really know how to like explain but it's like the center top of you like the, you know, the the soundscape of that you're brain processes you know it's like it's like oh that's coming from upstairs and whereas like the regular mix is just sort of like you can only tell it's coming from upstairs because the two characters look up at the ceiling yeah so it was really effective on that that was that was probably good um, yeah, I will say the effect was somewhat ruined by having a cat who's obsessed with wires and was trying to eat my wire the whole bloody time through the episode. Yeah, so that apart could from be that, a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does it does ruin the effect when every ten minutes going, Jasmine, get off it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, these are domestic problems. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about David Suchet because oh my god, 
I definitely the best part of the episode for me. He's a bit good, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's I think, a bit good. Yeah. The, I think the best part was is he didn't. He very, very much underplayed it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, and he's just like really sort of. Yeah, a bit creepy, but otherwise, you know, quite friendly, you know, he's very attentive, you know, wants to, you know, hear all the tenants, like, you know, he wants to make a list of what the tenants want improving. Um, but when he gets asked about how to get in the tower, and then he just, like, snaps. Yeah, and he know, says, you don't. Like, that was like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was really, I mean... We we do we have we have good actors in this country oh, and yeah. um, I mean the you sort of can't really overstate the amount of sort of skill and talent that it requires to kind of chain flip on a dime like that and be able mm. to, to to sort of deliver that without just purely screaming at the guy yeah um, so yeah I mean it, it the closest thing it reminded me to is when we had um, David Jacobi in exactly. playing. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the sort of calibre of actor he is, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know obviously we don't like to talk about it too much, but the ratings had a, a not insignificant bump mm. um, this week, <laughs> and I think a lot of that is probably down to David Suchet. I mean, I don't really know if he's particularly well known outside of the UK, or I mean, <gasps> did Poirot get shown outside the UK? I would have thought so. Surely. I mean, because literally, I mean, literally, I mean, most people over a certain age, everybody knows who David Suchet is. A lot mm-hmm. of the kids won't know because Poirot hasn't been on for donkey's years. I think like probably, I said in the... yeah, I would say probably in America, um, Poirot probably was like, like PBS or something. Probably, yeah. So yeah. it's probably a little bit niche. I mean, I think because well, I talked about it in the in the um, in the hype show that I've got a bit of a, a anti-David Suchet mindset because as a child being sitting through sitting. <laughs> forced to sit through Poirot it makes me feel like I should be doing my homework or something it just feels like Sunday t- it's sort of that like when I see the Antiques Roadshow mm-hmm. it always feels like I should be doing my homework before I'm meant to go to school because <laughs> that's what it, it associates uh, associates with me um, so yeah I do get a bit of like just those memories of going oh I'm so bored I don't yeah. want to worry anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean this is before we had more than two, more than a TV hmm. and you had to sit and watch what your parents were watching children yes. um, <laughs> so yeah I mean but all those things just vanish in in the um, in the in the sight of this mm-hmm. um, I, the only thing that disappointed me slightly is I wanted more just doctor and landlord stuff yeah yeah, again, I thought the the pacing on this one, it's it's got more sort of like pilot smile sort of thing because there's a lot of build up, and you kind of like want some more doctor on landlord action. No, that's Adam wrong. Um, <laughs> the fanfic writes itself. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like I kind of wish. Like, you wish I, the, the, I mean, the pacing, I mean, because it's like mm. you're saying, with, like Smile and um, and Thin Ice, they think it was sort of slowly, 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 then all the end, and then it's finished. Yeah. You, you, you have like half an hour of just creep, 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 and then it's like, oh shit, we've got 15 minutes to finish it. Mm-hmm. And then... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and, um, and like with Smile and uh, the pilot, that was sort of okay, because I, I don't know, like the, the Monsters of the Week weren't the main like aspects of it but here because the landlord sort of get an omnipresent um sort of being i mean he literally like sort of pops up out of nowhere 
yeah. you, you can't. I kind of feel like you want him a bit more involved. I mean, obviously, I mean, like, do you know what I mean? It's like, um, do you feel like maybe it would have been better if? I mean, obviously, you you, you sort of loathe to lose the the Bill and Doctor bit from the beginning, but mm-hmm. do you feel like? what if they just sort of started in medias res what if they were like they've been in the the thing for like a week and the yeah. doctor pops by to visit you know like oh they're having a house when the doctor just turns up and the mm. bill's, bill's a bit like oh this is awkward you know and you know sort of get it filled in with like all oh, the landlord's all right but he's a bit weird and he sort of just arrives and un- unannounced and mm-hmm. so like nip nip the first like seven minutes off with them looking all around these shit houses get rid of that yeah so, yeah get rid of that yeah and have them just in the house mm-hmm. and the doctor sort of gets suspicious instantly. So sort of start there. Yeah. So sort of move it up a bit. So then you've got more time to do more stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. So sort of do, cause it, I mean, cause you sort of have the setup of it being like this, you know, like the haunted house and the last girl type thing yeah. that people are going to disappear and sort of slowly, slowly one night, then a couple of nights later, the other one goes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously apart from Pavel, cause he arrives early, it yeah. all happens in the space of about, six hours this story maybe not even that maybe not even that yeah the, the pacing's a bit off on this one i think and i think that, that might be why i didn't like wasn't like feeling it because i mean mm. it it's just sort of like everything happens like really sort of suddenly i mean obviously you know you're constrained to a 45 minute episode so you can't really you know afford to really waste time um i don't know maybe it's whether like the movies has like been a few fewer of the students there, right? Okay, so rather than having to get rid of six of them, yeah, or like have, or like say still have the bit where Bill's moving in, like still have the bit where Pavel is already there, and maybe just like have one of the two of the others sort of like having like already moved in and then sort of Bill turns up they're all slowly mo- like moving in they don't like come in it's like all together or you could have it the there's six of them yeah um and then Pavel is eaten by the house mm-hmm. and then it's a few days later and Shireen rings up Bill and says Pavel's fucked off mm-hmm. we've got a space yeah you know do you want to move in and that's why it unfolds from there hmm that would that would be uh, make sense as well, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just like there's a f- strangely like there's a few too many characters in this one. I think somehow. Well, yeah, it's sort of difficult to care about that quantity of people when mm-hmm. they all just kind of get deleted from yeah. from the story. I mean, it, it's not the kind of normal story where you know all these guys would be dead and Bill would be the sole survivor. Mm. Um, which I saw a little bit of grumbles about actually people sort of saying I kind of would have preferred the unhappy ending um see I I had a bit of a vibe that the sort of the everybody lives ending was a bit I I wouldn't say too much but like I, fe- I feel like some of the deaths should mean something. Like I- I'm trying to remember, yeah. did, did Pavel actually get brought back, or was was he gone? See, I that's it. I can't actually remember. I've seen this episode twice. Yeah, and I can't. I'm trying to think, I, I-, I actually can't remember. Like, no, neither can I. <laughs> that um, bad. Yeah. I honestly, I can't remember for the life of me. I might, I'm gonna have to be like go and catch the ending again just so I can like find. It. But do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not 
too bothered about some of them making it out. Um, but if like if the if like all six of them made it out, it's sort of like it's a bit too. It's a bit of a cop out. Yeah, I mean. To be honest, I mean, I feel like the total death ending, mm-hmm. so to speak, w- it would have been way too harsh. Yeah. But I feel like in we've, we've kind of learnt that lesson in Thin Ice mm-hmm. that you know you're going to lose, pe- you know, we lose people, we move on, and we try and save who we can, and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. So kind of to take all of Bill's friends away like that, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like a step too far. Um, but yeah, maybe. But I mean, I, I was half expecting that everyone would be back, even the people from, from Fifty Seven. And seventy-seven mm. and ninety-seven, and two thousand. Uh, hang on, no, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, so you're. I would thought they would all been standing there in the in the in the ruins, but um, see that would have I been guess. interesting. Mm. I think that would have been interesting, but it's sort of like I don't know. Maybe they were like too far gone, or yeah. Um, I mean, last week when we talked about thin ice, we were sort of saying that it was fine that they didn't bother to talk about where the fish came from. Mm-hmm. And they've sort of taken that again because we don't really get any explanation with the dryads or whatever the doctor wants to call them. Yeah. Um, don't, they're just there. They're in the garden. Alien stuff turns up on Earth all the time. Mm-hmm. There. Um, so that's fine. But I don't know. You feel like you just want a little bit more. Yeah. I was Some left... things require explanation. Yeah. I was left with a few like questions that sort of like, I don't know what it was. I mean, like, like thin ice. It didn't seem to like bothers, but here I was like, okay, so why every twenty years? Like, yeah, like who, who who explained that to him? I saw someone say, say that on Twitter, mm-hmm. actually saying, "I would love to have seen the the dryad spelling out things on the floor <laughs> to explain to him what to <laughs> it's do." It sort of rearranged themselves like a marching band. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like, a, <laughs> like an etch sketch, just yeah. like. <laughs> We, okay, like that's let's move, lads. Okay, um, how so? How do you spell what's what's that earth word? Help? No, um, yeah. No, hang on. Uh, no, Gary, you go over there. No, Dave, 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 no, Dave, Dave, Dave. This way, this Dave, way, Dave. this way, this way. <laughs> Dave, you stupid sod. This way. Dan, 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 Dan. Dan. <laughs> Oi, Pete, get Dan, Dan, Dan. <laughs> There's your there's your Alan Partridge reference for uh, today, kids. Um, but yeah, um, when you think about it, there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and while you sort of say eh, you don't really need to explain it, it's fine. We'll work it out. You, there is you need to throw us a couple of bones. Mm. And so uh, the, again, the whole like why twenty years in between sort of like mm. threw us off. I mean, I don't know whether it was just a case of that was an amount of time like well here's the thing i mean you know the, these students are all moving into this house right what none of them gave the parents like contact information like not an address or anything so like why aren't the police like try to investigate it or something or yeah you, you know it's... i mean again it's sort of like wouldn't it have been nice if you mm-hmm. know one of them had been googling and yeah found out something about this house and I don't know. Yeah, like I say, it, it. I think that's kind of my problem with the episode. It's like right. the the bits where it sort of makes you go, "Hang on a sec." And normally, I'm I'm pretty good with like letting things go and letting things be unexplained. But for some reason, I don't know what this this one just makes me stick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it. It would have again. Would it have been better if he'd been like feeding it cats for 
mm. a few years and suddenly it's not good enough. We need humans. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> this is this is the first one. This is the first lot of humans he's tried to get in or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That, that that would have been like okay as well. Like he has to like take it a step farther. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would say I'm I'm quite interested in how the doctor responds to uh, the landlord because. When it's when it's something like this, I mean, whether the doctor sort of you get the doctor's righteous anger, mm-hmm. or you get the doctor trying to help you, yeah. is a little bit not wishy washy, but it sort of depends. Obviously, depends on what the story wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, I, I presume it's because he's sort of under duress, and yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot he can do about the dryads. We've sort of gone okay. We'll we'll just try to get to the next step and have a look at Eliza. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to say that I thought the Eliza effect was actually quite effective. Yes, but but I kind of wish they hadn't shown that in like the promotional photos. Oh right, okay. So you had the shock of yeah. It's like oh shit. Um, but since you knew that, I mean, obviously you don't really have a context of why there's this sort of wooden-looking person. Can I just say, someone on the production team, Stephen Moffat, I'm looking at you. It seems to be extremely obsessed with wooden versions of things. Yeah, wooden, wooden people, Cybermen. wooden Cybermen. Yeah. Ah. Unusual. I mean, I don't know whether the Sonic Screwdriver can actually deal wood or not. So maybe that's why. So it's like, it's not just a case of the doctor can just wave, wave the Sonic at it and it'll disappear. Actually, there's another thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I'm. I'm. Okay, guys. No, it's fine. Listen, Go for I'm, it. I'm sorry for that, about this, but okay. So the landlord can can uh, control the dryads to a certain degree through sound. Right. The doctor has a sonic screwdriver. Yes, he does. Why doesn't he point the screwdriver at the dryad and make them go away when they're trying to threaten Bill? I mean, I know you don't want to like you don't want to like rely on the sonic screwdriver, you know, as the sort of the magic wand. If you will, but I think when you've got sort of a sonic emitting device, yeah, you've and got we've used, you've got we've used it for that. Yeah. It'd be nice, also. Yeah, and also, I mean, uh, that's true as well. You, you, you've got that as well. Um, but even if he just like managed to like the bit where the like start flooding out in the kitchen, like towards the doctor and Harry, you know, sort of like mm-hmm. the mummy style. Um, yeah. Even if the Doctor just, like, managed to find, like, a resonance of, like, sonic waves that, that would make them drive drive them off. But then when they came back later, you know, they wouldn't it wouldn't work on them. Like, they sort of, like, adapted to it, like the Borg or something. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean... Maybe. But then again, I'm, I'm trying to think. Did, did they say the Dryads were sort of becoming the wood or something? I, I can't quite well, remember. There's, there's some sort of, like, a line move of... Through it. Yeah. Yeah. Or that was like between well, part of the house. The, well, the whole I think presume the idea is like how wood lice process wood in that yeah. they they live in it, eat it, and then excrete like a wood like substance. Mm. Um, so so I, mean, I presume. Yeah. So um, okay, like fair enough then. Okay, so maybe the sonic screwdriver wouldn't work. I'm um, presuming it can't. It still can't do wood, mm. but. Even if the doctor sort of like just tried it and then go, okay, right, so they won't work on them or something like that. It just it just seems like it was like a bit of a missed sort of even just like a little quick throwaway plot point. Like the Sonic mm. screwdriver won't work with them, you know? Yeah. It just it's, I don't yeah. know. It just seems like a bit of like a missed. 
again, you just feel like you just need a little bit more meat on the bones. You just mm. need someone to kind of give you a little bit more information. Like I, say, I think it's fine to to not explain things to a point, but when it's when it's sort of when you when you sit and think about it, and these questions come up, and you're quite right as mm-hmm. a consumer of it to have these questions. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get, like I say, get swept away with an action, the action. I completely forgot about it because, mm. again, talking about horror tropes, that mm. bird who jumped out the window and bumped into the tree, I was like, oh my god, have you seen the Evil Dead? Oh god. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Maybe you should walk away from the tree. Yeah. Oh god. Um, hmm. I was like, they're not going there, are they? No. Jeez, oh, no, <laughs> no. Christ, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, part, I mean, obviously, again, and thinking of the mummy watching the you know, you think of the scarabs from the first mummy. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, tropes and things abound. I mean, we're saying too many people. I mean, if you've ever seen, which bloody Friday the 13th is it? Might be the second one where mm. you have the counsellors turn up. And there's about fucking 20 of them. <laughs> and you think, this movie's only 85 minutes. How are you going to get through this lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like that. I, I mean, I do feel like a little bit like... Um, smile where we kind of rewrote it between the two of us i do mm-hmm. feel like while it's it's a i really enjoyed it i think it was a case of the performances were carrying it through mm-hmm. if you didn't have a big old heavyweight like david Suchet, if you didn't have the sort of amusing kind of scooby gang of um of students if you didn't have peter capaldi being excellent and bill being excellent mm-hmm. i feel like maybe the kind of the flaws in the plot or mm-hmm. sort of the hand waving, not necessarily the flaws, but the hand waveness of the plot yeah. would have definitely been knocking it down the scale. But like I said, I, I sort of challenge you to find anything kind of guest performances, anything really much better than David Suchet right at the end there when he's sort of crying and yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you say, it's so easy. It could have gone turbo over the top way too much, but it was mm-hmm. so like repressed and restrained and, and yeah, I think, it, really yeah, I think it helps because he was underplaying it throughout up until that point. Yeah. So when he finally breaks, you know, it's a lot more believable. Yeah, um, and um, it's good that, again, you have Bill kind of maybe the world's most observant woman at this point, mm. um, obviously pointing out that the age difference between them doesn't work and the landlord must be Eliza's son. Yeah. Which, which I did like that sort of like twist. That was a yes, I did. I did that enjoy good, that. Yeah, that was a good twist. Yeah, and even it's like even the fact that although yeah the dryads were like keeping her alive, it sort of like messed with her memory. So she generally thought for a time, for a good long while, that you know she actually was his daughter. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. one thing I always felt uh, that sort of stood out to me is when he's sort of trying to like bark at her. To like get the dryads to kill the doctor and Bill, um, he doesn't call her mother; he calls her Eliza. So he's he's still yeah. got that sort of mindset of I'm sort of assuming the parental role here. Yeah, I mean that's probably the subtext meant to take away from it that he, obviously the doctor's in this sort of put himself in this parenting role of Bill, who's mm-hmm. a little bit pushing back against that. Yeah. Um, so then you have, like, say, that role reversal and the Doctor very pointedly says to Eliza, you are the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, it's... Um, 
I say if we're going to be taking away subtext of the week, I think that we, I think you've hit it there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, we'll see how that de- that develops out actually, because mm-hmm. looking looking forward to next week, looking forward to oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is looking like it's going to be a big kind of scary, mm. scary people one. So I wonder if this sort of protectiveness and that we saw a bit in Smile as well. Um, I wonder if that's going to meet a lot of resistance from Bill now. Mm. I'm wondering whether like the doctors sort of like doing this sort of like thing because I don't know whether he's starting to see a little bit Clara in yeah. in him, which would actually bring be interesting because it would bring back the question of how much does he really remember of Clara? And yeah, or, I mean it could yeah. just like be like a sort of sort of afterthought, but he is this sort of sense of developing danger around Bill and he wants to try and keep her protected but if she's going to be headstrong about it you know is history going to repeat yeah um obviously because he hasn't really got much memory of Clara he can't mm-hmm. use that as a cautionary tale either yeah. so he's not like sort of going I remember what happened to Clara therefore I cannot allow that to happen again mm-hmm. and therefore be resistant to taking on a companion or taking a companion else, you know somewhere else he yeah. doesn't remember yeah. or at least on a conscious level he doesn't remember so he can't use that so yeah but he could have an inkling though he could have an inkling and like we say we were talking about the pilot there is a raven in his office so mm-hmm. Is there some sort of subconscious thing? Yeah. Um, talking of subconscious things, I think we need to talk about the last couple of minutes of this episode. <laughs> okay, so I th- can we sort of like agree it's probably Missy in there? No. Oh, okay. I'll tell you why. What's because that? Um, that little bit of conversation where the doctor talks about regeneration and he pulls a face, mm-hmm. is it a future him in there? Hmm. Possibly? Has his regener has his regeneration already yeah. started, mm. and he's putting it off, and there's some sort of like something like the Watcher, if we're going yeah. to go really old school, or a future ge- regeneration like um, a val a sort of about a Valyard as well, mm-hmm. maybe. Is that what's in there? That's I mean, I, I, mean, I agree it, with you. Mm. I think Missy is the most obvious choice, and that yeah. is probably what it's going to be, mm-hmm. to be frank. But. I think that, you know, the fact that they brought up regeneration yeah. out of the blue and, you know, he pulls that weird face, you know, has something happened where his regeneration has already started, mm-hmm. he's putting it off mm. somehow, yeah. and that is what's in the vault. Mm. I mean, it's actually interesting that you brought the Valyard, because yeah. I actually remember there's been a couple of times, like, since, like, Stephen Moffat took over, where the Valyard's been, sort of, like, paid lip service to. So, is it a future incarnation of the Doctor, but perhaps from a more alternative perspective? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, the Doctor's, you know, regenerate... Although the Doctor could regenerate into a perfectly normal, sort of, 13th incarnation of himself, you know, is whatever's in the vault... Uh, an incarnation, a regeneration gone wrong, or like an alternative one, and he's trying to sort of keep that contained, and maybe he's like trying to steer himself on a path to try and figure out where it goes, where it sort of goes wrong. Yeah. You know, like like you say, if his if his regeneration's already sort of in progress and he's fighting it off, is there a decision he makes at some point in his future that sort of tips it the wrong way? 
if that makes sense. So, sort of like you, the turn left, if you will, of yeah. the Doctor's regeneration. That, that's Absolutely. Actually quite, that's quite interesting. I still think it's Missy, though. Yeah, I um, agree. I completely <laughs> agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, from minute one, I was convinced it's either that or John Sim, mm-hmm. um, because obviously, you know, we know he's coming back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Th- I mean, this is this is by far the most, you know, the the clearest choice and the choice that makes sense, frankly. Um, yeah, I, th- I think especially when you have the bit where the Doctor sort of brings the prisoner takeout and he says, "I've got a story about you about um, children being eaten by wolves." Yeah, and uh, uh, then so I, the the song changes to pop. Go the goes the weasel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like how it's like not also like, you you gave it a piano. What the hell? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, um, I mean as well that sort of that that ties into what we know the Doctor's feelings about the Master to be mm-hmm. in that obviously he is his nemesis, but you know like when we had the last of Time Lords where the Doctor is begging him to regenerate. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's obviously his thing of like there's obviously he's not hasn't got quite the hang up of the you know, well he has sort of the thing about being the last of the time lords mm-hmm. so he wants to to have a time lord there with him even yeah. if they hate each other mm. so that definitely makes sense mm. and again yeah it 100 percent makes sense and it's the the best you know Occam's razor yeah. it's the answer that makes you know it sort of fits in with everything we understand so far mm-hmm. but i think there is a case to be made oh, that yeah. um that there, there is a there is an alternative possibility mm-hmm. no no no. i mean that what you say makes all, all exactly as much sense i, I don't know whether it's mm. just i just have this like i say i mean we've said it like a few times before it just seems like Missy's like the obvious answer. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when, again, when we were talking about Series 8 and we were first introduced to her in Deep Breath, you know, where it's like Missy, Mistress, Master. And I think we sort of both said, well, that's the obvious answer, but, you know. So I don't know. I mean, like I say, I I don't think we'll have too much longer to um, find out because I think Stephen Moffat said it actually gets revealed in Episode 6. Something like that, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah, it's sounding like that it's going to be a, an early reveal, um, mm. which again sort of plays into this idea that people are having that the Doctor is going to regenerate early, mm. earlier than we think, yeah. rather than uh, what we think it being at the end. So, um, Chuck still can't seem to, it doesn't seem to think that there is actually a three part in the middle. Right. Um, it, it it could be that it's sort of just a loose uh, conglomeration rather than mm-hmm. a a died in the wall three parter. But um, yeah, I think that um, actually the fact that it's good. Well, the, we're saying the fact that this this thing that it's going to be, um, or we'll, well, there's going to be a big revelation about it, sort of middle of series. Mm-hmm. Um, it maybe sort of will arrest. I think some of the the grumbles that. You know, like um, when we were talking last week that uh, back in the River Song days, they sort of felt the need to keep dripping it in the end. Yeah. Um, the fact that you had a little chunk of it at the end of each so far, mm-hmm. if you then reveal it in episode six, mm-hmm. it, it kind of doesn't feel so heavy handed. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm OK with that. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Mm hmm. Um, so is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Knock Knock, or should we get after um, the scores? 
I will do a quick thing first. Um, right. I'm slap my wrist. My bad. I forgot mm-hmm. to read out Tony Boydell's feedback from last week. Oh nice yes. Feedback. Okay. So I shall read it now. Um, he said, I just caught up with Thin Ice, and I have to say it was a delightful romp and the best episode of the series. Um, funny, it was a great speechifying, and mercifully there was a Clara moment, Bill losing it with the Doctor after the young lad died, that they managed to pull away from at the last second. These two are wonderfully complimentary, damn it, and we only get one season to see you working together to soul shit, proper good. Hmm. Um, yeah, so agree with that, Tony. I'm so sorry I forgot to read it out last week. My bad. Yeah. Um, he hasn't given us a... Well, we're recording this a little bit earlier than we thought um mm. just uh greet cleats behind the curtain so if he comes in with any feedback about um knock knock um i will read that along with anything you give us for oxygen yeah okay so my bad so yes that's all right so um what's going to give this one um, I'm going to give it an eight. I think just for it bumps it up for for guest performances. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it sort of second time through again watching it today. Yeah, it's an eight from me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I did like it, but the sort of like the the problems I had with it just sort of like they just stood out a bit too much for me. But mm. because of David Suchet and of course Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey, I think I'll probably give this a seven actually. Okay. Although, although, like I like I say, I've been quite negative on it. It's just um, it, the the enjoyable bits are still like really good. But on on the whole, it just sort of like I don't know. It just sort of uh, it it's definitely like a seven because, like I say, because of Suzy Capaldi and Mackie, and yeah. um, and things. So you know, like I say, yeah, yeah, I've been a bit harsh. I, I hold my hands up, but I can't help but like go hang on. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. Like I say, I've been able to like sort of just let it go with other other episodes, but this one just I don't know what it is. It just sort of stuck out like a bit of a sore thumb. Some of the points I've sort of like griped about. Yeah, I think that's fair because would you Adam and Eve? It Tony Boydell is literally just this second putting his feedback for knock knock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, popped no. up while we were recording. Okay, okay so... let's let's re- let's rewind time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> okay, um, Tony's feedback for Knock Knock. Right. Ho hum, it's a bit upsy downsy series so far, and I feel on a downer this week with Knock Knock. Cockroaches ah. that melt into wood, but as long as you do something, it's not clear, to be honest. Within 24 hours, you can get back alive again. Suchet was great, but wasted in his role as a creepy landlord. Bill seemed uncharacteristically embarrassed by the Doctor, and it was all a bit naff. I think the happy ending spoiled it for me. Yes, all that nasty absorption ghost house stuff being ultimately explained as lice was the biggest disappointment. Five out of ten. And oh, because I'm an old man now, bloody students. So, <laughs> harsh, 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 harsh from Mr. Tony today. Hmm. I mean, like, like I say, I think the... I agree with him like on a lot of the points he, he brings up. But I just, I mean, just David Suchet, you know... Yes, I mean, yeah, you could have done a lot more. We agree on that, um, especially like playing off against Peter Capaldi. But I think just the strength of, you know, his underplaying it sort of really helped it, in my opinion. Because yeah. it, like, it could have been very sort of very sort of, like cartoon villainy sort of. Well, I maybe mean, it's not even that, but you know what I mean. It's like he could have like tried a bit too hard to be sinister. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he could really just cranked it up and been like a panto villain. Yeah, but he sort of came back from that, and for me, I it was it was it was fine for me. I mean, I can understand totally where Tony's coming from. Hmm. Um, so I think 
a bit like a little bit like you Mike as well I think this episode kind of grabbed you or didn't and I think if I think he's feeling sort of left cold by it I think he's completely fair mm. um, so yeah quite interesting I mean I think that um, while the the overall I mean we're a third of the way through the series already oh god <laughs> um, you know that's sort of the, the third waypoint um, mm-hmm. Well, I think that the reaction so far has been overwhelmingly positive. I think there's definitely room for criticism and mm-hmm. um, some sort of not being entirely grabbed by it. I feel like it's sort of about eighty twenty at the moment. I feel like positive to to not hating it, but just not being really like grabbed by it. Mm. Um, so I feel like if we uh, say looking forward to next week, I mean, I don't really like to do that, but um, I think oxygen might sort of either do it for some people or mm. switch people off. So I feel like it's going to be a big, scary, actiony sort of everyone's involved. Nardo was on the adventure this time. It looks like. Yeah. So I think that next week's probably going to be a bit of a change of pace. And if we're chunking things into thirds, mm-hmm. and we're going to have this big revelation episode six, mm-hmm. which is looking like we're going to, if Stephen Moffat isn't lying, which is entirely possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that. Is it maybe this isn't you know use the old Churchill phrase? It's not the be end of the be, beginning of the end. It's the end of the beginning. Mm. Yeah. So let's see what the middle third brings us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you have any thoughts about knock knock, you can send them to us at our regular email address, greatershow at simplysyndicated dot com, to our Twitter account at greatershowpod, and our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash greatershowpodcast. While you're listening to us, feel free to check out our sister shows on the network, Simply Syndicate Movie News, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Masters of None, Do Ask, Do Tell, Back Channel 66, Here Goes Nothing, Tech It or Leave It, The Seventh Chevron, The Little Pot of Horrors, Queer Studies, Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, Nerd Hurdles, Making Sense with Richard Smith, The Greatest Events in Sporting History, For Those About to Rock, Dangerously Unprepared, and Starbase 66. As always, we welcome your support, and the best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything. For a monthly fee of just £6, you can enjoy a library of podcasts from the archives of Simply Syndicated, as well as episodes of the exclusive Simply Everything shows Shaken Not Stirred, and the remote patrol spin-offs Oh Boy and Trust No One. Simply Syndicated also runs a merchandise store offering apparel accessories to both Europe and America. You can support the network through a monthly pledge on Patreon, or you can donate to the network through paypal.me, of which links are both on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye. Au revoir.